And good Saturday morning to you. And boy, I tell you, if you're living along the Gulf Coast right now, a very welcome change in the weather when you step outside this morning. We go from hurricanes and tropical storms to cold fronts. Uh, we got a coastal marine forecast for you. Not too bad. A little breezy out there today. We'll get to that in a moment. Well, the recent storm surge has uh, forced a change in Alabama's extended red snapper season last weekend. And we'll tell you how they're handling that beginning today, as a matter of fact. Having live reports, I'll be coming in from our field reporters. I'm happy to tell you we have a first-hand report from my trip with Captain Mike Gallo to the Biloxi Marsh. That was followed by two quick and easy delicious recipes. You'll see all of that coming up on an episode of Bayou Wild TV. And as so long as there are alligators, there will be outlaws. Um, one of the more popular species that people violate, and there's a lot of reasons for it. not going to go into it this morning. But we have an Alabama man and three Louisiana accomplices. We call them our Team Bad Boys, cited with several alligator violations. We'll tell you their story a little bit later on. We're also joined this morning by a, a guest co-host. You may recall he was here last year to talk about his Louisiana Outdoor Writer Association Fish of the Year Award. This year he's here with us. He's going to recap his teal season, tell us about his latest fishing experts, uh, extent, uh, whatever you want to call them, experiences, and also the prospects for our youth lottery dove hunt in Fairhope, Alabama. We were picked to participate in that this afternoon. We got a great-looking Saturday afternoon for that, too. Here he is, another sportsman whose initials are D.D., Drew Dubuque. Drew, good morning. Let's turn your microphone on. Hey, you sound better now. Good morning. Hey. Well, tell us, how was teal season? Just wrapped it up. Uh, not as good as it was last year, was it? No. It, we saw a bunch, but we I think we squeezed out six. Yeah. What do you think was the reason for it this year? Um, I think most of them didn't move down all the way yet. I mean, we saw some of them more like in the Point Lahash area. Mm-hmm. And then they we were seeing them, but they wouldn't fly low enough to shoot them. Yeah, well, you know, we had a lot of high water to it. All the storm surges kind of yep. scattered them. Would have been nice if we'd have had this weather now during the teal season, huh? Yeah, probably so because it wasn't really that cold during it. You looking for the big season to come around? Yep, I'm very excited about it. Oh, good deal. Now, where you been fishing lately? I know you've been doing a lot of nighttime pier fishing and doing pretty good. Yeah, we've been fishing. We've been bass fishing, fishing off the pier, fixing the pier. Um. You manage to go to school a little bit, too, doing that? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's that's part of it. you got to get through that. But there's lots of time. It's a good time of the year, isn't it, fall season, where it's starting to change yep. seasons, gets a little cooler, hunting season starts coming in. What else are you going to be hunting? We're going dove hunting this afternoon. What do you tell people about dove hunting? Um, They're quick. <laughs> yeah, very quick. What are you going to be shooting? What kind of gun and what kind uh, of shell? 20 gauge. And... What number shot do you like to use? About a seven and a half or eight, yeah. something like that? Yeah. Yep. Well, good. Well, hopefully they'll fly for us this afternoon. We'll be very lucky to get picked, you know, for that Alabama hunt. You know, a lot of Alabama people don't like Louisiana coming over there, but we're going to go over there and try to lighten up some of that, that dove. All right, that's uh, my, my uh, great grandnephew, Drew Dubuque. And he's been with us before. If you want to uh, communicate with him, send him a text this morning. You can text us at 504-260-1870. Y'all know the drill. Just shoot us a text. Tell us who you are, where you are, what you got going on on your Saturday morning. Here's what it looks like if you're headed out today. There is a small craft advisory up because it's kind of breezy. I would imagine this is going to be pulled down sometime during the weekend. But for day, today, offshore, you're looking at east winds 15 to 20 knots, 3 to 5 foot seas. Inside waters will be... 
Well, those same winds, east 15 to 20 with a moderate chop. Tomorrow, uh, 15 to 20 knots uh, out of the east again. Uh, seas are going to subside, according to the forecast, a little bit tomorrow down to 5 foot. Southeast winds on the inside, 10 to 15 and a light chop. Tide range uh, just under a foot the average tide range. And that Mississippi River level is at 4.2 and holding steady. And that makes a lot of people happy. All right, coming back after this, we'll get to some of your text messages. And we got a fishing report coming up with Robbie Campo from Shell Beach. Stand by. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque and Drew Dubuque right here on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, welcome back to the Outdoor Show. Drew Dubuque, one of our co-hosts this morning. We're going to be dove hunting a little bit later on. Drew, I'll tell you what, these dogs we got in here with us, they're kind of useless this morning. Let me look at Gracie. She's over there on the on the couch all laid out. We got Smokey's been wiped out since late. She went hunting yesterday, though. She yeah. deserved it. Well, well, that's what you get, huh? Yep. All right, well, if you want to text us a message, uh, you can text Drew and me at 504-260-1870. Let's talk to Robbie Campo. We need to get a fishing report from the Shell Beach area. Been a little breezy down there, but, uh, Rob, you understand the fishing been cooperative. If you can get to them and find some good, clean water. We had a really good trip up at the Biloxi Marsh uh, a couple days ago. What's been happening closer to the marina? Well, I'll tell you, Don, uh, well, first of all, good morning, Don. Good morning, Drew. Uh, uh, what's been going on down here? You're right. We was catching a lot of fish right here by the fort and the ship channel, up uh, up by Lena's Lagoon, up the ship channel. Had a few good reports up by the wall in Shellmet, um, uh, you know, this last week. But since this front has come through, uh, yesterday was really, really tough, man. Um, it, you know, it blew. The wind was blowing out of the north yesterday, probably, you know, 25 plus. Uh, it made fishing conditions really, really tough yesterday. Uh, and I, and I, you know, in this morning I looked at the buoy at here at uh, Shell Beach. And it was 19 gusting to 22 out the, uh, you know, northeast again. So uh, <laughs> I tell you, if if I, you know, if today is your day to go fishing, I'd tuck back up in a Biloxi Marsh, maybe somewhere behind Engineers, uh, Half Moon, um, you know, Stump Lagoon somewhere back there, behind Pete's Lagoon, or maybe going up towards Brick, uh, you know. I think today's going to be a day where you, where anything that bites the line is going to be good enough, <laughs> you know, instead of just targeting one species. Um, you know, Don, it's just, you know, these windy conditions, man, it just makes fishing, casting really tough. Not fishing tough, it just makes the casting really tough. Now, we got, the, the you know, the wind is blowing out of the east, or east-northeast, the water is up a little bit, so, um, you know, so you don't have to worry about getting stuck this morning. It's not like you got a hard-driving northwester when it dries all the water out so you, you know you're going to have you're going to have some water so uh and it'll be wind driven more than likely than tide because you know tidal range is right under a foot but i think i think the water is still going to make it into the grass today um on the hopedale side over up in that lake amita area that rosita lagoon grand lagoon that area has been starting to turn on it's been getting pretty hot back there uh lake robin uh east bayou they caught some fish back there this week, so I, I really believe that if you if you had if today is your day to fish and you come on down here and you could you know you get back tucked up in that marsh you could you could probably put something together today you know um, you may look and tell you Don a lot of throwbacks oh my God this week here I, I've never seen the throwbacks like man it's like you know every every fourth fish or fifth fish you know you get to keep. Um, but man, they tell me, you know, the guy that was coming in was just saying, "Man, we caught, 
you know, we burned, we burned through the bait. We had them start on plastics, um, you know, the matrix shads, uh, been a really, really good bait this week, but he said, man, we're just blowing it up with, with 11 and a half inch fish. He said, well, we got a really good crop of fish in. It's just on the size. So <laughs> good. It's a good thing. They didn't drop it to 15 and 13 and a half inches. Cause it wouldn't have been too many trout <laughs> coming across the table. I promise you. Yeah, um, that's for sure. So 12 and enough. 12 and enough is is hard to do right now. So, um, you know, to put you know to put something together. And, and look, these guys didn't limit out. Every, everybody didn't limit out this week. They put, you know, they put 35, 40 fish in the boat. Um, you know, with with three with three guys in the boat, you really did something. You know, what I mean, you, you, you. But the throwbacks is just unreal. I mean, it's, we got a really good crop of fish, and that's and that's encouraging. That's good to see because you know we hadn't had that in a couple of years. So now we got this good crop of fish. So um, maybe you know, maybe a couple of months these these fish will be make that make that twelve inch mark, you know. So, uh, but yeah, we got we got live bait. Hook the left at the bridge. Come on down and see us. We're gonna get you we're gonna get you parked, get you in the water, get you parked, and get you on your way, and hopefully put you on some fish. You know, Robert, it's the time of year where people like to get out and get some fillets and and have them a nice little fish fry in the outdoors because the weather's so nice. You know, if, and we had the same experience fishing on the top end of that Biloxi Marsh a couple of days ago. We we probably caught 50 trout to keep 20, but what we did get on was a pretty good little white trout bite. Now, white trout, people got to remember, you don't have any size limits. You don't have any creole limits. So if you need a bunch of meat, you get into those white trout. Don't leave them. Stay on them and fill up an icebox. Oh, oh yeah. All now, I'll tell you, by the dam, uh, down by the uh, dam here in Hopedale, um, plenty, plenty, plenty white trout, and and I've been trawling for the last few days, so I know I've been on a boat. So um, I'm telling you, I know I've caught, caught them in a you know caught them in a trawl. But Donna, just I watch these people fishing over there, and they just they just whacking them and stacking them over there by the dam, they just <laughs> catching white trout. At, I mean, they just putting them in a boat. So uh, yeah, that's that's something else to think about if you want some white trout. You just go get over there by that dam down there by Hopedale, and you could. You could just meet meet run it all you want. <laughs> it's good. It's all, I mean, they as thick as you want to see them. That's good news. Well, Robbie, thanks for the report. As always, my friend, we'll catch up with you again next week, and hopefully we'll have the, when this wind dies down, going to be a lot of good fishing days next week if people got some time off. Yeah, I hope so. So, all right, Don, next Saturday. Uh, okay, brother. Give you another report. Talk to you later, buddy. Yes, uh, there he goes, <clears throat> Robbie Campo down at Shell Beach. All right, we come back after this break. We're going to check in with another one of our field reporters. We're going to talk to Jeff Brule, who's got some interesting news from Venice, the Chafalaya Basin, the North Shore Rivers and Lakes. It's our freshwater report, and it's up next on The Outdoors with Drew Dubuque and Don Dubuque, right here on the network show you hear every Saturday morning. Right back. That, of course, is theme song for Jeff Brule, who provides us bass and freshwater fishing reports each week, along with Berkeley, a division of pure fishing. You know, they got the Berkeley line of all those gulp baits, whether you're fishing sockeye, white perch, bass, inshore, offshore saltwater. They've got lines of all kinds, whether you use monofilament, braid, or fluorocarbon, plus all those accessories, everything you need to enjoy your fishing trip and do it efficiently. If it's for fishing, Berkeley has it, a division of pure fishing. Jeff Brule joins us this morning, and Jeff uh, Drew Dubuque, is with us this morning. He's got a bass report he wants to share with you. Uh, last weekend, he had a nice catch over there in, in the Lake Catherine area. Drew, tell Jeff what y'all were doing and what you caught him on. 
were fishing the canals uh, off of Lake Catherine. We were fishing with um, spinner blades all, and just throwing them in the canal up against the bank. We caught ten. We caught one big five-pounder bass, and then the rest were small bass. Five pounds, Jeff. Yeah, That's pretty impressive right. coming. <laughs> yeah, they got mamas around with all them little fish. You always uh, got to pick through the little ones. I wanted to ask Drew if he catches any off his dock over there because I've been out in that lake on those docks and caught some nice fish, bass, off those docks clipping the piling. So he never does that for um, bass. He needs to try that. I threw my cast net one time and caught a bass in it. Yeah, you caught one striped bass that uh, kind of made that dock famous, big one, too, huh? that number six. <laughs> yeah, the number six all-time state record. Uh, I don't know if he'll be able to top that, but he has a lot of fun on that dock for sure. Well, Jeff, tell us, uh, start off, I guess, with the, the Pearl River. We get questions every week. People want to know when's the Pearl going to get right. What's going on now? We've got the storms passed. Weather's changed a little bit. Things are different. Fall is here. Yeah, the Pearl's uh, about nine foot. It's falling. So this starting this week, it'll be very good. Uh, it gets good when the drains start draining and the water gets below 10 feet. Uh, but I took off to Bayou Liberty this week and, looking for some trout and then a few bass and we made it down to car drive and we found the bass popping shrimp and the trout popping shrimp and we stole berkeley rattling shrimp and voodoo magic shrimp and we did really well with those we actually caught uh no telling how many fish a lot of small fish a lot of small trout a lot of small bass but just without a cart just kind of swimming those shrimp along we, we did very well uh, but back in the March, we saw tons of bass. So they they survived the storms, you know, two inches to two pounds, just all up and down the bank. When you got in that clear water, you could see them everywhere. Plus, I got reports from the chef area in the marsh and the Mr. Go that they're catching fish along the rocks and even got some good reports over on the North Shore rivers. So for the rivers, jigs and Texas rigs and spinner baits are good. And if you go out in the marsh, just a spinner bait and especially those shrimp baits because those fish are keen on shrimp right now because they're they're everywhere. What color were y'all using, Drew? Um, for spinner blade. Yeah, when you caught the bass. We over. were fishing with black uh, baits with yellow tails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of the same report Jeff had with the marsh with the spinner baits. Jeff, what about the basin, man? We have just not really hadn't come into its own yet this spring or this fall. What, what's the deal going on over there? Oh, just those storm surge. I finally did get a report over there. Uh, one of my buddies went down to Bayou Black. Uh, probably the the worst thing is he didn't find a lot of grass. He he believes the grass was pretty much wiped out with the tidal surges. And, and that's where your fish hide. So you have to kind of change your tactics if you go down that way, cover more water. But he did catch about 25 fish in the Bayou Black area. So that's the good news is that probably the bass did survive, but some of the cover in the water got killed and it's just going to make the fish move around more and not isolate and say a bend or a curve that's loaded with grass beds so you're going to change your tactics and maybe do some more suspending baits and moving baits to find your fish over there mm-hmm. what can you tell us about venice rivers down weather's changing uh i understand you got some exciting information from what's going on down river yeah, I had a buddy call me yesterday. He said they've been down there for two days and limited out in about two hours each day of, with bass. And it's right around the, the launches, you know, the jump area, all those bayous and canals, Batiste Colette. He said they're finding fish, bass everywhere. Uh, 
even caught a couple over three. You know, up there they're, they're not quite as big as they are downriver, but you, you can catch a lot of fish. But he said the good news was there's catching fish just about everywhere they stopped. Uh, so the river's down, the river's green, the conditions are right. So I'm hoping you know more anglers go and give me reports. And I also got reports from Delacroix and Des Almonds and. It's spinnerbait time over there, too, so that's a good choice for Drew to throw at spinnerbaits this time of year without water being about 70 degrees. Great news. Jeff, uh, for a tip this week, a lot of people are going to braid. They just like the stuff. But on your leader, you want to go with a, a fluorocarbon or a monofilament, but you got to attach it to the braid. Give us some suggestions on tying leaders on. Yeah, you got to learn some of these knots that they have out there. There's... FG, Double Uni, Alberto, GT, all those are very good knots and, and pretty easy to tie. I usually put about a three-piece fluorocarbon, you know, Berkeley 100% fluorocarbon on my braid when I fish in clear water. So uh, I just use that knot, and that way it, uh, it works well to give you a little bit of invisibility on your bait. But another thing to remember on your fluorocarbon, don't use a polymer knot to put on your hook because it tends to break more than any of the other knots. So avoid the polymer knot on your, on your hook, but use like a double uni or alberto to attach the leader and you'll get a lot more bites that way and you know i throw the shrimp without a cork and i just kind of read them along and jerk them and use a fluorocarbon leader and oh we get tons of bites doing that good stuff jeff we got some uh, tournaments uh in the near future i think we got one tomorrow yeah bass assassins and bayou lacombe and then lunkers and liars on october 25th on the east pearl so Tournaments are still going strong. A lot of local guys are still fishing tournaments this time of year, and it can be fun. You can go out there and catch a lot of fish when you find them. Uh, they concentrate it on the bait, so you got to hunt the bait, and usually when you find the bait, you'll find the fish because they're, they're feeding on shad and shrimp migrating back out into Lake Pontchartrain, so that's what you need to look for this time of year. Jeff, how about a word before you go about uh, white perch fishing? We're getting a little bit of change in the water temperatures, lower. Uh, what can people look forward to as we head into even cooler temperatures? They'll start moving shallow again. Usually this time of year, you can go, uh, they, they're kind of singled out fish. you got to kind of move a little bit. You will find some groups around some treetops. Usually they're not your bigger size fish. <clears throat> but you know, probably about the 8 to 10 foot range, you want to fish about that deep. And as the water cools up in the next month or so, they will come shallow. <clears throat> and then about a January, they, they move back out deep and school back up. But next report, I'll try to search out some guys, see if I can get a few Sokolay reports for the guys down in the basin and maybe some in this area. Sounds great, Jeff. Thank you for the report as always, and we'll catch up with you next time. All right. Thanks, Don. Have a great weekend. That's Jeff Brule. All right. Coming back after this, uh, some of you are sending us some text messages at 504-260-1870. Uh, some are coming in for Drew. Drew will get back and read some of these text messages from our audience. Got more fishing reports, bad boys of the outdoors, all that stuff you and I love to talk about each and every Saturday morning. And we do it right here on the Don and Drew Dubuque Outdoor Show. All right, we get text messages in from you, our listeners. It comes in real time right here in the studio. You can simply dial us at 504-260-1870. And, uh, Drew, let's see what we got here first. This is Justin in the Refuge. you know where Gentilly is? Uh, I think so. It's in New Orleans. It's actually a, a kind of a community subdivision, and it's right before you get out to New Orleans East. And um, Justin lives there, and he calls it his refuge because he watches the wildlife. And he says the day's beautiful, but no ibis in the sky. Speaking of ibis, boy, I saw a ton of them out at uh, Stella Plantation. We were 
uh, actually cleaning up some uh, from a, a pheasant tower hunt there yesterday, and there was a lot of ibis there. Anyway, he watched Bayou Wild TV this morning on the early run. It was heartwarming with beautiful photography. Thank you, Justin. And we got another Justin, uh, Drew. Tell us about this guy. What's he telling us? Uh, Justin, the duck guy with uh, Bayou Region Shooters. Good luck duck hunting, Drew. I'm getting all of my of the military materials, materials <laughs> and gun ready gun ready to putting on a conce- concealed carry class today. Yeah, Justin's a concealed carry instructor. All right, here's another one. Good morning, Mr. Don. Great to hear Drew on the show. He reminds me of myself 40 years ago. My grandfather was a great teacher. My grandfather was Fred Fredericks, and this is the guy known as the River Rat. All right, when we come back, Drew, you pick it up from there. We're going to take a quick 10-second pause for our stations to identify, and we're back with more of your text messages. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don and Drew, Radio Network. All right, Drew, let's pick it up right here. What's the next text message for us? Hey, Drew, Miss Janice here. Here you are the most awesome radio co-host. So if you had to pick hunting or fishing, would you what it what what would it be and what is your most favorite? Um probably hunting. I like hunting a little bit more than fishing. And which species do you like to hunt more than another? I know that's a tough question when you got to decide. Um gray ducks. I like gray ducks would yeah. be number 1, huh? Yeah, I got to tell you that's nice when those grays drop out of that sky. All right, here's another one. Good morning, Don. This is uh, Perry from Galliano. He went out of La Rose yesterday. The water was very high, but he managed a limit by 9.30 on the Swamp Craw Rattle Trap. The bass were super hungry. Yeah, I think bass is going to be the ticket this weekend if you're going fishing because generally you can find some areas out of that stiff wind too. All right, here you go, Drew. Here's another one. Good morning, Don and Drew from the Old Snake Doctor. It's good to hear, Drew. It's doing well fishing his with his fishing and hunting i met i met drew at the hello wa hello wa ward the i know it's kind of hard to follow there we go the and when the we were winning of the fish of the year award he with the biggest with the big striper and i with uh with the white bass good luck on the dove hunt today. Yeah, I don't know if you remember the old snake doctor, but he's a fly fisherman, and he won the fly fishing category the same year you won the uh, rod and reel category. And there's a good morning from the mad trucker. If you'd like to get your messages in, simply text us. That is 504-260-1870. All right, uh, we're going to be hunting doves in Alabama this afternoon. I tell you what, I'm really excited about going out there, and hopefully the birds will fly for us, and we'll have a good time. I'm going to pick up my granddaughter. Isabel will be her first hunt, and Drew's a, he's a veteran at 10 years old. This guy's done it all. But anyway, we'll be out there. And speaking of Alabama, uh, I've been telling you for weeks now, Alabama determined that they had underfished their red snapper quota, so they had some extra days. Unfortunately, they set those extra days last weekend when it was just incredibly windy. You had a storm in the Gulf, and uh, very few red snap, if any, were caught. Well, what they're doing now is uh, they're going to change it to where you can fish weekends. Beginning today, you can actually fish red snapper in Alabama waters each weekend. That will be Saturdays beginning at 12.01 a.m. through midnight on Sunday. And they'll keep those weekends for red snapper open until the private angler red snapper quota has been caught. Uh, Scott Bannon, who is the, with the Marine Resources Division, said they're committed to providing the anglers access 
to those remaining SNAPA quota and understand that weather, school, and other activities does impact the potential. Therefore, they are announcing that the open weekend harvest until the quotas met or anticipated to be met might be the first weekend. It could end this weekend or it could take several weekends. But until they're caught, uh, they're fair game to get out and fish those red snapper in Alabama. All right, coming back after this, we've got more fishing reports ahead. We'll get back to some more of your texts. If you'd like to send us one, it's 504-260-1870. Special guest co-host was with us this morning, Drew Dubuque. We're back right after this. All right, welcome back in. We're joined this morning with a co-host, uh, Drew Dubuque, my nephew, and we're going to be headed over to Alabama right after the show. we got an afternoon uh, dove hunt. They put on lottery hunts in Alabama. I can tell you the state is really on the ball with that. They offer duck and deer and dove and all kinds of hunts to the public, and they're all free of charge. All you need to do is apply for it and have your permits and your licenses, and you're allowed to go out there. Hopefully we'll get some good reports. Drew, I, I see the, the backstrap stacker. He's one of our listeners over in Alabama. Uh, he says, good morning, Drew and Don. Hope you have a good time over here shooting doves. The birds were flying good on Thursday. Well, let's hope they fly in good on Saturday, too. Uh, here's one says, good morning, Don. This is Joe, and I would like to know if the general of Fort Polk is going to let the deer hunters on Halloween weekend or if he's going to close like always. Thank you. Uh, I could not tell you that, uh, what the Fort Polk uh, is actually has some, uh, uh, I don't know if he's talking about the Peace on Ridge Wildlife Management Area or actually on the fort. But Halloween is a youth hunting day, Drew, where, you know, we're talking about going because you get to, yep. to hunt as a youth, and I'm a veteran, so they got a special day for us set aside on Halloween weekend, and it's a full moon. Yep. Going to kind of be all of maybe the stars and the moon alive. Might be a good day to get out and deer hunt, huh? Yeah, it might. What do you think about this? They, they had a, um, a situation where you might have heard about it where they were talking about changing the speckled trout limits and sizes. And they were talking about going from the 12-inch size, which, you know, you measure them. you got to be 12 inches to keep them, and you can keep 25, to maybe raising that size up to 13, 13 and a half, maybe even 14 or 15, and then cutting back on how many you can keep. Judging from what you've seen where you go fishing over the last couple of years, are you happy that we're staying at 12 and 25, or do you think they need to, to cut the limit or, or extend the size what's your opinion? i think it's fine staying at 12 you like 12 inches yeah, and 25 like 12 inches. a lot of people agree with you there all right uh let's see we got some more text coming in somebody this is somebody from alabama says they're loving the kid i guess that kid is you huh is that you <laughs> <laughs> yep. all right he's also known as the kid now drew the kid that'd be a nickname for him all right we got some more fishing reports also you know something else drew that, that the wildlife and fisheries put out imagine you're out hunting deer and all of a sudden this elk comes walking up on you, you know, and you want, what would you do? Would you shoot it, or is elk legal in Louisiana? I don't know. What do I do? Well, here's the situation. You know, they have a lot of places that, that have these high fences, and they bring exotic game like elk and axis deer and fallow deer, deer that don't normally live in Louisiana. They're not native, and you can go in those enclosures and, and hunt them, and a lot of them, they say they're pens, but they're thousands of acres, so it's not as easy as you would think. Well, we had all these storms, and there was a lot of trees down, so it damaged the fences, and some of these animals escaped into mm -hmm. the swamps and woods. So you may happen to see one of these, <laughs> and the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries is telling hunters, be aware if any of these escaped animals and wander onto your lease, onto public areas, they're perfectly legal to bag them. So hmm. if you happen to see one of those, uh, take advantage of it and uh, get, you, get you a big animal. All right, here we go. Uh, 
Let's see. This is. Uh, oh, let's see. Read that one. It's addressed to Mr. Drew. Go ahead. Mr. Drew, as you know, your uncle isn't getting any younger, and at some point he'll get f- false. F- false teeth, and then they'll get in his way to talk. You're going to take over his, this show when this happens. LOL. Just kidding. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely love this show and couldn't imagine it wing with. That's supposed to be with. with, spelled (laughs) With anyone else. Well, my teeth are still in, so for now we're good, I think, truly. (laughs) Here's another text, though. This is what the guy I went hunting with. He has Latte, which is Smokey's sister, Dean. And he says, good luck, Drew, sounding great on the radio. Shoot in front of those doves and come bird hunting with Latte and Smokey. Yeah, you need to come do that. We're going to hunt some quail this year, you know, if you can get out of school. All right, we come back after this break. We're going to talk to Captain Darrell Carpenter. You ever been to Grand Isle, Drew? Um, no, I don't think so. Are you sure? I don't have to think. I think you have been to Grand Isle. I I know you've been to Fushan, huh? Yeah, I've been to Fushan. Well, that's right up the road. We're going to get some reports on Grand Isle and Fushan from Captain Darrell Carpenter. Right after this, you're listening to The Outdoors with Don and Drew Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, Drew, i got a text in here from uh, coming in from the South Mississippi Kayak Fishing Club. they got a uh, little event going on there. There's some few of the salty chicks are participating in a fish out in past Christian. Great listening on the drive over. That's from one of the salty chicks herself, Robin Portalong. Thank you for listening, Robin. All right, let's talk to Daryl Carpenter, get a fishing report from the Grand Isle Fouchon area, find out what's happening there. Captain Daryl, what's happening down in Grand Isle doing these little cooler weather we've been waiting so long for? and the absence of storms in the Gulf, although still kind of breezy out there. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's kind of what we're, you know, that's kind of what we're struggling with right now is everything else looks good. But, you know, last night I think that wind blew pretty much 30 miles an hour all night long. I mean, everything everything around the house was rattling. Um, it's supposed to it's supposed to calm down a little bit today, Don. Uh, you know, pre-wind, I can tell you everything was going fairly well. It, it, it looks like, it looks like not only are we well into that wintertime transition, but it looks like those fish may have kind of like skipped that mid-range and went way far north. Uh, the the speckled trout around around Grand Isle has been a little bit hit and miss and hard, but the further north you go, the more trout you run into. Um, they, you know, my guys coming out of Lafitte, they come in to help me. They're they're coming just a little ways down and and catching a whole lot of speckled trout. You have to pick through the small ones, which you always have to do when you're marsh fishing. Um, offshore, man, I, I'm, I'm telling you, we're starting to see some stuff. I hadn't heard a whole lot. The, the storms have kept the shrimp boats out of the Gulf so much that it looks like what was going to be a banner shrimp boat season in the Gulf has kind of you know, waned off and kind of petered out because the, the boats just can't stay out there with all the storms we've been having. But I will tell you the, the you know, word I'm getting is the deep water tuna bite has been good when people are able to get out. And I've seen some wahoos starting to come in. So that looks like that might start early this year. Um, water's remained remarkably clear during all these wind events. Uh, of course, this, this thing here is going to push, you know, this front's going to push them low, push the water levels low. But, you know, the redfish have been, have been our steady so far, uh, Redfish are holding tight, tight to the grass and sometimes still traveling in packs, and they've been active the last week or so. 
Oh, well, it <clears throat> sounds good. We just got to get that wind to slow down just a little bit. Um, Daryl, you mentioned uh, the shrimp boat season. Explain that because I'm sure people are here. what do you mean shrimp boat season? That is an important integral part of catching tuna during the month of October and in the fall in the Gulf of Mexico. And explain why the absence of shrimp boats would actually be a negative impact on tuna fishing. Well, my version of it is, Don, is, is about this time of the year you start getting that migration out with those mullets and everything. They start migrating out to the Gulf. The tuna are pre-programmed, and, and nature tells them to come come in close because they want to intersect those mullets. When that happens, they run into the shrimp boats that are pulling the shelf for the big ruby reds and so forth. It's a free buffet. I mean, the, the, the stuff that comes out, you know, the bycatch that's dumped overshore, plus the stuff that comes out through the net that's somewhat injured, those tuna are there, and, and they eat I mean, they eat everything coming out the net. And, you know, several years ago, fishermen figured that out, and they get in behind the shrimp boats, and they start doing the chumming. And when you hit the right boat in the right location, you'll get a whole school of, you know, 200-plus-pound yellowfin. And uh, it's close. It, you know, you don't have to burn a whole lot of fuel to get there. And it, it's, it can be very productive. Like I said, if you hit the right, it's right place and right time. You hit the right boat. But a lot of times it takes those boats to actually be out there working for a while to gather those tuna behind them. And that's what's hurting this year is those the, the boats just haven't been able to work to keep a school of fish on them. Dow, you mentioned uh, the trout have really moved far into the north and in, in interior marsh. Uh, give us some spots that typically turn on when we get this, you know, it, this scenario happens every year, the fall, water temperature drops. Birds start gathering, baits are alive in there. Uh, some of the places that you might want to check out for, for a bite on trout. And then the redfish, of course, will be there too. Well, you, you, right now, Don, the reports I'm getting from the, from the multiple guides that work with, you know, with and for me, is the, the numbers are still up in way up north in the Lafitte area. I mean, the, I'm hearing good catches out of Little Lake, out of Bayou uh, uh, DuPont area. You know, the, the trout are that far north, and they're telling me up there every time they pop the cart, there's shrimp jumping everywhere. Um, you know, we're, we're still waiting for that mass that mass migration of, of the white shrimp, which hasn't happened yet this year. And, again, it could be because of all the storms and the water has stayed so high. Maybe this cold front will help to trigger it if it pushes some of this water out of here. But, you know, so the, those trout bites have been way up north. Uh you got to look for an area that's got grass. You got to go far enough north that you get into brackish water to where you're looking for some grass growing because the reports I'm getting is the numbers are in the grass beds right now chasing the trout. So, you know, that's been way up there. Now the redfish have started showing up really good. Um, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of redfishing right now. And, you know, two weeks ago we were catching 30, 40 trout mixed in with it working the banks. We're not seeing that now. It looks like those fish have moved further inland, so you know we're going to have to start running farther north to try to find them. Got it. Thanks for the report, Captain Darrell. We appreciate it, my friend. If somebody wants to get a hold of you and book a trip down there with you and some of you guys, tell them how to do it. Well, they can find me on your website at dontheoutdoorsguy.com, uh, realscreamers.com. We, when we have time, we do the social media stuff, the Facebook and so forth, or just pick up the phone, 225 225- Nine three seven six two eight eight. Sounds good, my friend. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Don. All right, Captain Darrell Carpenter.
All right, we get some more text messages. We'll get to those uh, coming in after the top of the hour. We're also going to check in with Captain Kirk Stansel. You know, our friends over in southwest Louisiana got a double hit with uh, back-to-back storms, a lot of devastation over there. But he told me they were getting ready to get back up and get to fishing, and we'll get a report on some of the areas that you might want to stay away from and some of the one you might want to go to in southwest Louisiana. Also, born on the bayou, Mike Gallo. We had a fishing trip together this week. We'll tell you about that. Brendan Bayard's got your paddle. Report and Ryan Lambert covers down in the tip of the boot for you. Plus, we got Drew Dubuque, a special co host. If you want to text him a message or question, 504 260 1870. And we're back with our number two right after this. And welcome into our number two. We've got a special guest co host with us this morning, Drew Dubuque. Well, you got my ratings up. You know that? You see all these people texting you, Ralphie yeah. and Joni and Joshua and the Irish CA. Man, I don't usually get this many people texting. <laughs> I got to get you on more often. Yep. Uh, let's talk to uh, Captain Kirk Stansel uh, with the Hackberry Rod and Gun. Our neighbors out in southwest Louisiana really hard hit with back-to-back storms this year, but always ready to bounce back. Kirk, give us an update, my friend, on what's happening over there at Hackberry Rod and Gun and some of the areas over there. Uh, things kind of getting back to normal and opening up, is, I guess, as normal as can be, can, given the circumstances. <laughs> I, I was going to say it's far from normal, but we're open back up. We started the uh, day before yesterday. Uh, of course, we we had started uh, had opened for three days before Delta came, and uh, we had to shut back down. And we, man, we we caught the fire out of fish uh, those three days. And then uh, Thursday, when we fished, it was off the chart good. And then uh, this front came through. We had to cancel yesterday. It was going thirty five, and uh, down here so. We we got a lodge full of folks going out this morning. We'll see what happens. Uh, I know that uh, we have a lot of fresh water running off on us now. Well, but as usual, when these too. storms come, uh, the fishing generally improves uh, greatly when it comes because it brings in clean, salty water. It brings in bait, stimulates things. Plus, we got drops in temperatures now. <laughs> We're really officially in the fall. It's a good time to be out there. I'm glad to hear you guys are up and running. Are there any uh, closures or precautions or damage to infrastructure that people heading that way uh, really need to be aware of that might be a problem for them? Uh, well, right now, there uh, supposedly there's some mandates that the lake is closed to recreational fishermen. Of course, you know, us being a charter service, we're considered commercial fishermen, and they're allowing commercial, you know, the shrimpers and crabbers and drum fishermen and the guides to, to access the lake. Uh, but supposedly here in the next couple of days, they're supposed to lift that mandate and allow people on the lake. But I know guys that have been going uh, and haven't had any issues, uh, you know, with anyone trying to run them off or anything. All right, sounds good. Uh, and, Kirk, I would imagine you're going to start to see some ducks, if not already, coming in with these frontal yeah. systems that are moving. We should. We, we should. Uh, you know, golly, the, the water is super high in the marshes. Of course, you know, Don, we didn't get any storm surge with, you know, we had the three storms. You know, everybody forgets about beta, the tropical storm that really that dumped a bunch of rain on us. And uh, so in six weeks we had three storms, but we never got storm surge on this side of the uh, lake from either one of the storms. In fact, for uh, Delta, the last one, the, the, the water started coming up. It got up to about eight feet at the pass. Then it dropped into the negatives hmm. on the backside. And, and the lot, yeah. lake dropped four feet. A lot to be said for being on the west side of that storm, for, for sure. Yeah, yeah there really is, yeah. 
Well, glad you guys there. are back up and running. Uh, as far as your duck blinds, were they damaged? Do you have to start from scratch uh, and rebuild all your blinds? Yeah, we have 19 blinds. Uh, we've gone out, gone out, looked at them. There's one that's missing. All the others are, I'd say, half of them are in you know decent shape. The other half would beat up pretty bad. It's going to take a little work, but uh, we'll have it up and going by the, by the time duck season gets here. That sounds good. Glad to hear it, Kirk. Everybody over this way has been thinking about you guys, and, uh, you know, I'm glad you're back up and running, got a lodge full of customers, and headed back to that thing that we call normal at some point this fall, I'm sure. Yeah, it'll, it'll get there sooner, you know, sooner sooner than later, I'll promise you. We're, we're up and yep. ready. And I'm pretty sure now, you know, you never can tell because this is 2020, but I'm pretty sure we're past all of the <laughs> tropical storms and depressions for this year. <laughs> I sure hope so. <laughs> I've had enough. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Tell us how they can reach you, Kirk. Phone number and website. Okay. I need to get a hold of you. All right. Uh, uh, yes, toll-free number. It's 888-762-3391. Uh, website, hackberryrodengun, spell out and .com. All and sounds we, we good. Don't Go have ahead. a dock camera right now, but uh, we'll have it back up pretty soon. We'll be looking for it. Thank you, Kirk. All right, have a great right. weekend. You bet. We'll catch up with you next time. Kirk Stansel, one of the Stansel boys out at Hackberry Rod and Gun. Yeah, they go out. Uh, we call him Captain Kirk, named after a Star Trek character. All right, we come back after this. Uh, Captain Mike Gallo, I had a fishing trip. Drew, let me ask you something. This ever happened to you? You ever go to set the hook on a fish and just pop the line and you had a cork on it and he swims off with your cork? You had that happen? Yep. Yeah, well, I had it happen the other day, but the cork never materialized. But I think Mike went Mike, the next day. Maybe he found it. We'll find out right after this. You like that music, Drew? Yep. He's rocking out, folks. You ought to see him go here. <laughs> All right, that's the, our intro for Captain Mike Gallo. His reports each week are brought to you by Seto. You know them. They're AAA on the water is another name for them, and that's because they give you peace of mind, fuel drop-offs, tow you in 24-7 from wherever you're stuck, jump-start you for electrical problems. They will get you back to dock and whenever you need. That's 179 bucks. That's for a whole year, and it is renewable. If you want to sign up, call Captain Chris, 504-301-4545, or if you'd like to do it online, that's easy enough, com. All the details and get you registered and get your policy in effect. All right, let's talk to Captain Mike. Mike, I'm still wondering about where that redfish went that broke my line and stole your cork. Did you go back the next day, and did you locate it when you went out in that same area, if you did? I did go back to that exact same spot. We caught two fish out of that little pocket, but that cork was nowhere to be seen. Hmm. He's got that on his wall somewhere. That redfish is using that for a souvenir. That's his trophy. <laughs> he let me go. I was too small. <laughs> was it kind of the same scenario? Uh, you caught some trout before you moved into the marsh and then caught the reds, or were you strictly hunting the reds? I was strictly hunting the reds. And it was a little bit slower. I finished the day one shy of my limit. And, you know, we went for an hour and a half and had 60% of our limit. So uh, it, it seemed to be a little bit slower paced. Hmm. Well, Mike, what else can you tell us about some of the other areas? I noticed something I haven't seen in quite a while this week. I saw shrimp boats in Lake Pontchartrain. Now, what does that tell you? If somebody's going to get the gas and pay for it and the time invested in dragging a net through Lake Pontchartrain, it ain't because there's no shrimp there. And if there's shrimp there, that means there's got to be fish. What are you hearing from the bridges and areas around Lake Pontchartrain? 
Well, yesterday, Don, we had two boats go out, and obviously we we both stayed close to the North Shore. I went into the Lakeshore Estates area and didn't catch anything. I tried two spots for about 15 or 20 minutes each spot. I didn't do anything. I moved over to the trestle. I got between the Highway 11 bridge and the trestle. Beautiful green water. Fished about we ended up fishing 45 minutes, but that's because we caught a jackfish that took us 30 minutes to catch. 24-pound <laughs> uh, yeah. jackfish. Yeah, I was amazed it didn't get up in the bridge and break us off, but my customers were happy to catch a nice big fish. Anyway, um, we didn't have any anything that we wanted, so we ended up leaving. Uh, the second boat that was with me, he was closer to the twin span, and he ended up with a box full of sheephead. He had 27 sheephead, and some of those things looked like they were eight pounds. He had some redfish mixed in with them, and he had some flounder mixed in with them that were good size. And myself, after after um, after striking out on the North Shore, I decided before it gets too late, I need to run down towards the wall. So I jumped in the intercoastal waterway and started making my way down towards the wall, and there was a big flock of birds and I followed those birds for probably two hours and ended up with right at 60 fish. I had, uh, let me think, 43 speckled trout, 13 white trout, three redfish, and one flounder. So the birds saved me yesterday, and lots of those trout and redfish had handfuls of shrimp in their stomachs when I cleaned them. So there are shrimp in Lake Pontchartrain. That's, that water was being pushed out by the north wind, and it was making its way through the intercoastal waterway, and the birds were intercepting them. And uh, I just got lucky as far as I'm concerned yesterday, but I'd rather be lucky than good. Uh, you know, Robbie Campo was uh, talking earlier this morning about, you know, the Biloxi Marsh Shell Beach area, how many throwbacks there are and how many small under 12-inch trout are being caught. And you and I experienced the same thing, and I don't know how many you had to catch to, uh, to keep those 43 speckled trout that you did. I would imagine you probably had to catch 60 or more to get those. But the point is I think people really need to take care in releasing those fish and with as minimal contact and damage as they can because that's going to be your next year and the year after this crop sure that's correct if, if you can get a rubber coated net that's going to help keep the slime on the fish and you also do not want to handle the fish with a rag which you see a lot of people do and i know the slime is aggravating it's hard to operate your reel with slimy fingers but for the health of our fishery you want to release that fish unharmed and then wipe your hands off or use one of those just grab it glove type of things real good for the fishery it's a little bit of an inconvenience for us but it's certainly going to be worth the time in the future when our fisheries back on its way yeah a lot of people don't realize that that towel on the fish removes the slime and without that slime that fish is gone uh, it makes it susceptible to disease and other things without it's a protective coating is what it has and i like the way you do it you keep the rag there for the hands not for the fish and that's some great advice, and we need to do that in order to keep our, our, our fish, you know, our next year's crop going. Well, Mike, anything else you want to add? Where are you headed this morning? Who's your lucky customers? And I do want to let you know our good friend Dutch Prager is tuned in this morning listening to your report. Well, good. Hello, Dutch. Glad you're listening. Uh, the only thing I'd like to add, i got a couple of groups coming in from the Mississippi area, so we're going to head down 
see what we see. We're not going to leave till about 7 so we can get an idea of what the water looks like. It's been windy all night, so we want to make sure we're in clean water. Uh, but we're going to head down the intercoastal waterway and hopefully come across a flock of birds. If not, we'll make our way to the Mystigo and fish that wall area. That water is going to probably stay clean. Uh, the only other thing I would like to add is I want to tell Drew that when I grow up, I want to be like him. I want to be following in my my dad and my uh, and your footsteps. And the other thing I'd like to tell you is if I'm hunting and I see an elk, well, I'm gonna be going to double D for some sausage. <laughs> yep. All right, there you yep. go. Thank you for that, no, Mike. We really appreciate it, my friend. Have a good day, and we'll catch up with you next time. All right, Don. We'll talk to y'all next week. All right. You know Captain Mike, Drew, don't you? Yeah, yeah good guy. Good fisherman. Excellent yep. fisherman. All right, we'll be back right after this, and we're going to talk about paddling for you. You ever fish from a kayak? Um, How about a no. canoe? How about a P-Raw? Flat boat? Yep. Bay boat? Yep. Surface drive? Yep. Boy, you got a lot done in 10 years, let me tell you. All right, coming back after this, we got Brendan Bayard joining us with the Paddler's Report, especially for you kayakers, right after this timeout. And the uh, Strokers, also known as the Paddler's Report with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club, is a presentation of Massey's Outfitters. You're going to find them in Mid-City of New Orleans. You'll find them in Baton Rouge, Covington, where they actually do rentals. And they have some of the best kayak fishing models from brands like Hobie, Jackson Kayak, and Native Watercraft. Look on the website. That's MasseyOutfitters.com, or you'll find them also on Facebook. And Brendan Bayard and Eric Mohabarak are the reporters. Brendan joins us today, and uh, Brendan, looks like we're finally getting caught up on some of these kayak events that were have been postponed because of all this bad weather we've had. Today's Bayou Coast Redfish Rumble that's going on. Tell us about how that one's going to work. So, uh, Don, this is the last regular series event that the uh, club offers for their series. So that way, um, these all all these tournaments uh, have points, and you can accrue points to become uh, Bayou Coast Angler of the Year. Today's tournament is a five redfish uh, CPR event. Uh, you use an app called Tourney X, and you take pictures of your fish on a standardized measuring device. Upload those fish in this uh, kind of way. Everybody's social distanced and everything, um, and you just kind of uh, do the tournament that way. Everybody launches at the same time. Uh, you submit your, your catches via the uh, app, and uh, this is kind of the way things have been going this year. We have one more event uh, after this, is, uh, which is a slam tournament next weekend. And so uh, hopefully uh, we can get back to normal and, and do good old-fashioned uh, weigh-in tournaments. But uh, for now, that's, uh, this is what uh, we're doing just to be on the safe side, I guess. And then, uh, but fishing's been real good. Uh, these two t- the tournament today is operating out of um, Plaquemines Parish and uh, over there in the Point of Shin area. So, uh, you know, guys can choose between the two different areas and go fish uh, to whatever they like. But, you know, with this wind, I think, uh, you know, today people are just kind of picking the area that, uh, you know, probably has protected the most and getting out there. Yeah, I want to remind people that if they are not a member or they would like to find out information, bckfc.org. You can find out about the organization, how to join, and also to sign up for some of their competitions, which is offering this year a Hobie 360 kayak, which is no slouch. Uh, enough about tournament activities. Let's talk about You did some fishing a couple times this week. Tell us where you, where you went and what you found. Uh, I went to Leeville and also went to Fushon. Uh, Leeville was pretty slow. Only caught a few trout. Uh, didn't get there until... 
the afternoon. The water was really, really high, pretty dirty. Uh, we kind of uh, kind of cut our losses. We were in winds, uh, you know, almost 25 miles an hour. Uh, so we kind of – it was kind of one of those those days where you're on the way down to go fishing the next morning, but you got there with, you know, two hours to spare. So you're like, oh, let me give it a shot. And against better judgment, I went out in some, uh, some water that was a little too rough and – you know, it's uh, you never know till you go, but uh, it was not good. The next day, to my surprise, we went and uh, I used the kind of the roads that are down old LA1 to kind of be a buffer against the wind. The wind was still there, but uh, if you use those roads to your advantage to kind of block the, the prevailing, uh, you know, wind direction, you can usually uh, get some, some uh, calming and some uh, clarity benefits from it and uh, we picked a little area that was kind of like an armpit if you will uh, nestled into the wind direction got out there the water was high but the water was clean and we caught a whole lot of trout uh, the bite was all day long from from the time we went in till till after lunch and we got back in uh, the fish never stopped biting all day long um, I usually like to target trout when the water is really up and it was certainly up when we went uh, it was probably about a foot high. There was lots of shrimps uh, and, you know, hopping all over. Uh, I said shrimps. <laughs> Talking to my, my little kids too much, I guess. Uh, they were they were uh, cast netting, and uh, they were having a great time catching some shrimp, uh, you know, off the little bulkheads and stuff that we, we pulled over on the side of the road. They, they caught plenty of those, uh, um, you know, but you didn't really need to use them. We were using corks with uh, – with shrimp imitations, topwaters, uh, tight lining plastics, and uh, we caught all kinds of fish. Uh, the redfish, you know, when when the when the tide is flooded like that, uh, I usually tend to focus on fish that are in deeper water and uh, or on islands so that they don't penetrate that kind of uh, that soft edge of of flooded marsh grass because those those fish, if you get into duck ponds, can really get out of uh, range and way up in the reeds. So uh, I like to fish islands or deeper water structures. Caught a few reds, but uh, you know, again, when the flood, the tide's real flooded, it's really hard to to get into some really good red fishing unless you're fishing uh, deeper waters. But found some nice ones. Came home with probably you know almost 40 trout. So uh, we did pretty good. Yeah, that's one of the fun things about fishing is when you get those challenges that Mother Nature provides, how to overcome them and still have a great day. And it sounds like you certainly had a, you mastered that. Well, next time we talk, you're going to be on day two of the IFA Kayak Championship. Good luck on that. Uh, before you go, tell us about the fish pick event that Massey's puts on, how that works. So the fish pick event, uh, we have different categories throughout uh uh, you know, saltwater, freshwater for all the club members. We have uh, ladies' division, kids' division, fly fishing division. Uh, so you just go over to a Massey's location. I think they have maybe uh, four or so of their, their storefronts, and they'll give you a token. And you use that token to put, you know, next to your fish on your uh, standardized measuring ruler. Take a picture of the fish, submit it. And at the end of the year, you know, we might have a prize for kids' biggest speckled trout or, or second place redfish, first place redfish. You know, you can accrue points together, uh, but there's all kinds of prizes. I think they give away, like, uh, kayaks and and gift certificates and prizes. So, so that's something you can be doing all year long. 
uh, thanks to the good folks at Massey's, they they put up all this uh, sponsorship and, and the tokens for us. And so if you're going out in the middle of the week, you go and uh, just take a little fun trip. You can bring along that Massey's token, and you never know what you're gonna uh, you're gonna find pulling out and uh, take a picture of that and reap a nice little reward with the uh, Bayou Coast Club. Absolutely. All right. Well, they can find out all the information and pick up that token at any Massey's location. Thanks for the report, Brendan. Really appreciate it, my friend, and good luck on your IFA tournament. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. All righty. Brendan Bayard with the Paddlers Report. All right. Coming up next, you know what time it is, Bad Boys time. This time we got a team called Team Bad Boys, three of Oils Parish men and one Tuscaloosa, Alabama guy. Got their story next. Right here on the Outdoors with Don and Drew Dubuque, Radio Network. And we have a co-host this morning. Drew Dubuque is with us before we head over to Alabama for our afternoon dove hunt. And, Drew, we got some text messages. This one says, Drew, I'm 50 years old and new to fishing. Where's your favorite place to fish from shore? Please, I'm getting skunked on a regular basis. Um, uh, the public uh, pier in Sidell. Yeah, that would be a good place where you can try. Uh, if you go to Grand Isle, you can fish in the surf down there. But you know the thing I, I want to tell him and, and other folks like him that fish from the bank, it's not so much about the place, you know, because fish are pretty much everywhere. you got to get the right conditions. Right. You know when you fish a lot of pier fishing, you caught your record fish off of a pier. Uh, if the water's crashing and it's dirty and windy, right. you're not going to catch fish. But And in a boat, you can move around and find different places. But when you're mm-hmm. limited to the bank, you got to deal with what you got. So you're picking your days and your times is, is, is just as important as where you go. Hope that helps. All right, what's the next one? Two trips to Little Lake. Left Lafitte. Lafitte this past week, W42 <laughs> and 44 speckles, specs with hardly any throwbacks. Good to see the trout moving in. Yeah, well, if he didn't have hardly any throwbacks, that's so, you know, he yeah. found some good trout right there. And the next one? Good morning, Don and Drew. As always, we love your show here at the shop. Drew, you are doing a great job. Keep it up, the Irish. C-A. <laughs> All right. Here's another one. It says, good morning, Don and Drew. Love the show. That would be a catchy name. Don and Drew Outdoors. Bass fished the East Pearl the other day. Done pretty good. They have a Wednesday evening tournament on the East Pearl, inviting everyone to come out and fish it. That's from Joshua. All right. We got more text. We'll get to those a little later. But right now, we got to pause 10 seconds for our local stations to tell you who they are and where they are right before this Bad Boys of the Outdoors. Stay with us. Well, our team Bad Boys consists of three of Oils Parish men and one Tuscaloosa, Alabama guy. They were cited by Department of Wildlife and Fisheries agents Corporal James Bruce, Sergeant Gabe Guidry, Sergeant Randy Lanoue, and Lieutenant John Volantine, with assistance from the Alabama Wildlife and Freshwater Fisheries Enforcement Division. The case began back on September 21st, resulting from a tip about illegal gator hunting on Grand Lake Rod and Gun Club in Avoyles. Agents obtained video evidence of the subjects hunting alligators and cutting the line of a hooked alligator. Possessing the club's tags was Fred Dozat, who admitted to the violation, cutting the line of a hooked gator without harvesting it. A check of the club's records found that Stephen Richet harvested two alligators, Brandon Scott, one alligator, and William Ackerlard, three alligators, during the 2020 season, none of which had licenses. As a result, the agent seized all of the club's unused tags for the remainder of the 2020 season, and additionally, if convicted, 
Each is ordered to pay a criminal fine of up to $1,450, a possible 120 days in jail, a civil restitution of $375.80 for 35-year-old Brandon Scott of Cottonport and 73-year-old Fred Dozat of Marksville, $751.60 for 59-year-old Stephen Roche of Evergreen and $1,127.40 for 21-year-old William Ackillard of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, are bad boys of the outdoors. Now, Drew, you don't want to get in that kind of trouble, do you? Nope. you got to obey all the laws of wildlife and fisheries for yep. sure, yeah, even when nobody's watching. Yep. All right, we come back after this. We're going to check in with Captain Ryan Lambert, get you a Plaquemines Parish fishing report. Also, maybe tell us a little bit about what kind of ducks may be arriving on these frontal systems we're getting in here now in the Gulf Coast. We're back with it right after this on the outdoors with Don Dubuque and Drew Dubuque. Radio. Drew, you know why we call Captain Ryan Lambert the plastic man? Because uh, he likes fishing with plastic. Good guess. Good guess. He sure does. You fish with plastic or you fish with live bait? Which do you prefer? Plastic. But you will use live bait. Yeah, I do use live bait, I got too. You. All right, let's talk to Captain uh, don't Ryan. Give in. Don't give in, Drew. Don't, don't, don't fall for that, buddy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, he's going to do whatever's necessary. Don't fall for that plastic-only stuff. You know, if you need to today put some sticky bait to on there, bait. put it on it. Yeah, today wouldn't be a bad day to have bait. <laughs> no, but you're right. Exactly right. It's, uh, well, it's what's going good. on down there? Oh, uh, ten boats are running out. I'm uh, I'm going, I'm going west. Everybody else went east where they can hide in the canals. I'm going for the gusto. I'm gonna go west and see if I find some trout and some bull reds and that kind of stuff. I'm uh, you know, the beach will be least shore, so I'm gonna head out to the beach. I think that way I'll have a least shore all day. And it's not gusting; it's blowing hard. You know, probably about fifteen to twenty, but it doesn't have those big gusts in it. So I think we'll be fine. Well, the downside of going on the west side is you're not going to get to watch all those pretty ducks that are arriving with this front. You know. Yeah, there's a bunch of them, but whether or not they'll stay is the key. And they and they were all in one spot yesterday when the boys went. They had one pond. They must have had grass, so they must they had a ton of birds in that one pond, and then doing none anywhere else. So it's uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a trying season. But you know, if it's cold, they're not calling for a lot of cold up north this year because some El Nino. But who knows? Only the good Lord knows if we gonna freeze them out or not. So we'll just take what comes and hunt them hard. And, then go fishing after. That's all. Drew, you can come yeah, hunting we'll with us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't right. like duck hunting. He doesn't, he doesn't he like duck hunting. He loves it. So we're not going to make tell it you. water in the Oh, yeah. Well, we do a good hunt. Yeah, he, you don't have to get your boots wet or nothing. <laughs> no, he don't care about getting boots wet. He'll do whatever's necessary. He's like you. He's, he's addicted. That's because yeah. he's not 62. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's very true. So uh, the river's at 4-2, holding steady. Tendency probably going to be to drop a little more. Uh, what's that going to yeah. mean for fishing in and around the river? Well, it, the, the fish are, are already in this area. Uh, once as we get the water cooled off, the, the bit of algae that's in there is going to drop out. Then it's going to get real clear. The trout really haven't come in here good yet. We're catching some, but not like everyone else. Uh, you know, I don't know what the deal is. It's not because of the river. It's just they're just not in here good. And this cold snap might bring them, let that water cool off, and let everything come sliding in. Then we'll be all right. They got they got them around. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find something today that come <laughs> high water or not. <laughs> 
Is there any chance that that submerged vegetation that's been damaged from the storm surges could make a little bit of a comeback at all, or is it done for the year? No, no, and it's detrimental for other reasons because you know there's so much sediment hanging on that grass when it dies. It just all goes out in the water, and the water turns kind of brownish for a few days until that settles back down. So, and then you ha- then you have the the fact that it's dying and decaying, and it's taking the oxygen out of the water. So it's it's detrimental for fishing too. Not only ducks but fishing, but it it does it won't come back until next May. When it starts warming up, and getting that light penetration through the water. It's a it's a bad deal for us, but it is what it is. Well, let's hope for some very cold weather up north and we get some of those hardy divers, you know. We'll take advantage of the redheads and the canvasbacks and the, you know, well, the dogrees. That's what I'm that thinking. I think I'm going to get out in the bays this year, too, if it's bad. You know, I got the bays on both sides of the river that I can hunt, and uh, and we can hunt divers, you know, if that's what it comes to. But, you know, you say divers, but if you go far enough out, a lot of the, the – other birds, pintails and gadwalls and widgets, they out there too, you know, because of the pressure. So if you get out there and get get in a big old raft of decoys, you can kill everything. It's uh, because they're out there. They stay out there all day and they just fly from spot to spot. And then at night, when the tide comes in, they go back into the marsh and they feed. But being a pressure, it might not be a bad idea to get out there and hunt because you can kill divers and you kill regular uh, puddle ducks as well. So that might be my game plan for some of this year on the days that aren't too rough. Yeah, sounds good to me. Well, Ryan, if you would uh, tell people, how's the bookings for the duck hunts? If somebody needs to get a hunt in and, you know, they don't have a lease and they're not in the building a blind and make the big investment for a whole season, but they would like to make a hunt or two during the week or during the first or second split, how are your bookings loaded up? And tell them how to get a hold of you if they'd like to check some dates. We got a lot of it booked up already, but there are some dates in December and a couple in January still left. Uh, maybe around Thanksgiving, and you know they can they can just go to the website at CajunFishingAdventures dot com or call me direct at five zero four five five nine five one one one. And like you said, it, it's an easy hunt. Just ankle boots is all you need, just so your feet don't get wet, and, <laughs> and that's about it. You don't walk in the mud. Just it's I don't care if you're eight or eighty, you can do it. All right, if you get a call from this guy named Drew. And he wants to book a hunt. Be careful, cause he, he, believe me, he's a game hog now. He'll jump shoot you. You know, he'll claim birds and everything. <laughs> I've hunted with the guy those. before. <laughs> yeah, I we thought do. he was taking yes, off your show, so man, you can hunt. <laughs> well, maybe we can arrange that too. And, yeah, he could take over the show on Saturday, and me and you go hunt on Saturday. He could call us. Sounds <laughs> like a plan. He'll be calling me. You know, and I'll be out there. Sounds good. All right, Ryan, good luck to y'all. Hope y'all uh, catch a bunch today, and then we'll catch up with you again next week. We'll see y'all. All righty. There he goes, the plastic man. All right, we come back. We're going to wrap it up with the, some more of these text messages. you still got a few minutes to get one in if you want to text me and Drew. It's 504-260-1870. Do it quick because we headed pointing the, the truck to the east. We're headed to Alabama for a dove hunt right after this. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don and Drew Dubuque, Radio Network. Welcome back to the uh, outdoor show. Let's check our text messages. Um, morning, morning, Drew. Sounded good this morning. Congrats on your record fish and angler award. What is your favorite bait to use when looking for redfish? Good luck t- on the hunt afternoon, Uncle Ralph and Aunt Journey. Well, my favorite bait's probably shrimp when I'm looking for redfish. Um, 
Good choice because redfish feed not only by sight but by smell. They yeah. kind of a bottom feed and they go along yep. the bottom. Yeah, good choice. All right, then we have uh, Wanda Stewart checking in. Hey, Don, Wanda Stewart and the crew are headed out of Cocodree. It's very windy. They're looking for redfish. Wish us luck. We will indeed wish you luck. Drew, this is from the Dixie Ranch Hunting Club. You need to come as a quest for the deer hunt. You can bring your sidekick, too. Well, you're getting some invitations here now. You got a duck hunting invitation. You got a deer hunt uh, with Dixie Ranch. You got a bird hunting invitation. Man, you are doing great this morning. All right, here's a question. Uh, good morning, Don. How is the bank fishing in Hopedale? Uh, well, bank fishing in Hopedale, you're pretty much going to be limited to fishing in the uh, in Bayou Lutri, and it starts to get good. As water temperatures drop, uh, generally you're going to catch a lot of redfish, maybe some drum and some sheephead in there. But uh, live bait's going to be the ticket if you're going to be bank fishing in Hopedale. That's from John in New Orleans. Drew, are you going to take your uncle's place when returned? Keep up the good work. Um, probably so. Well, here's the deal. Now, you got to remember, you're going to be spending a lot of Saturday mornings right here. Now, where are you now on Saturday mornings when you're not taking care of business and your wife and your girlfriends and your school and all that? Where are you on Saturday mornings? Hunting or fishing? Uh-huh. Well, you got to make that choice. It's a big sacrifice. All right, here's one says, good morning, Don and Drew. Have a great hunt today and a safe trip. I'll keep my eyes open for you when I head to Fairhope this afternoon. David Hull. I hope we get to see you, David. We're going to be there at the Auburn Extension Service right there in, in Fairhope uh, hunting some doves, hopefully a successful one. Uh, it's going to be, now you're going to have to help Isabel, you know, your, your nine-year-old cousin. She's never been hunting before. This is going to be her first trip. So you got to kind of tip her off, you being a veteran like you are and all, you know. <laughs> yep. Well, we'll hopefully we'll have some fun. We'll get some birds out there. All right, we've got a few minutes left. If you'd like to text us, it's 504-260-1870. Now, Rick texted us, and he gave us a warning about if you think those doves are fast, wait till they get the wind behind them over there in Alabama. So you, yep. how far do you lead a, a duck or a dove when you're shooting at it? Mm, not that much, but a good little bit depends on I mean, how you know, fast they're coming right, in. Right. I mean, if they're floating down, that's right. the shot I like on a duck when they're starting to try to land and you hit them right, right before they hit the water and they try to get up, but it's too late. They can't get out. Yep. <laughs> now, doves are tough because you get a lot of high crossing shots on those doves and they hooked up and you get a wind behind them. They are pretty, pretty fast. Well, let me ask you this. What is your favorite game or fish that you like to eat? Um... Trout. You like the speckled trout and how yep. you like them, just fried or fried, sauteed? Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, something else that, you know, you could actually help people out is with cast netting, too. You know, I know a lot of people, <laughs> and they just don't like to use a cast net because they don't think they're good at it. And you've got pretty good in a short period of time. What's this trick to throwing a cast net? Um, It's just, like, a lot of people throw it different ways, but, like, like, like if like you gotta know the size of your net. Like, don't throw a small net too hard, and don't throw a big net too light. Like, you gotta know like how big it is to throw it. Mm-hmm. And how do you get it to open up nice? Where you got a nice spread wide. your arms out before you throw it. Mm-hmm. And then when you throw it, like like grab the other end and like pull it a little bit in the air, so that way it spreads out. That's one of your favorite things to do. I know you like throwing that cast net. It's kind of like one of those grab bags at the fair and the festival. You don't know what you're getting until you pull it in. Huh? It could be yep. anything in there. 
All right, well, there's the song playing. That means it's time for us to head on out of here. We're going to pack up our stuff. Oh, wait, here you got a good morning from Blank Street. That must be one of your crew over there in Metairie. Yep. Boy, you got some listeners. Let me tell you, we've <laughs> got to get you back in here again if I can pull you away from the, the great outdoors where you normally spend your Saturdays. We're going to pack up, be on the road headed east, going to Alabama. You're going to have a lottery dove hunt. Wish us luck. We'll have the results of that coming next week. Sharice and James, and thanks for the update for Hopedale. Hope you share thanks for sharing your technique on bass fishing the grass all that good stuff drew thanks to y'all for listening we'll see you again next saturday morning with another edition of the outdoors with don dubuque and maybe drew radio network <laughs>